Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm in Telluride. If you're Miles, who's the only other person listening to this as I record, I'm not in Telluride yet. But we'll be talking about it a little bit with Mark Johnson later. So listen to that at the end of the podcast. Uh, I can't decide if I was nice or cruel asking him to talk about the festival he can't go to this year. Probably a little bit of both. Um, but we have some other stuff to talk about today. Uh, Miles, you're here to talk about it. I am here to talk about it. I know some of the stuff we're going to talk about, but life's full of surprises, you know? Indeed. Including the like pseudo surprise of probably Miles will be taking next week off. So um, mystery guest to be confirmed, to be announced later for my... Uh, post Telluride pre-Toronto show, which maybe for the best that you're not going to be there because I'm probably just going to be like mad that I'm not in my bed. Yeah. Because it'll be... Well, and I feel like it's a lot of talk about stuff I won't have the opportunity to see for months. True. I I did bring that up to Mark that like his run of being able to talk about movies again is over. You know, because his thing used to be Ohio gets things like six months late. So if you recall last year, he was on talking about like Red Rocket and Spencer and Belfast, like... A couple days before I was going to see them at, at Toronto. And this year, I was like, you're going to talk a lot about uh, Top Gun, aren't you there, Mark? <laughs> he took it in stride. Um, so before we get into the topics today, we both uh, have seen some things. So we'll talk about that. We have a couple of questions. And then at the end of the episode, you'll hear Mark and I talking about Telluride, what might be playing there. Sort of like, uh, I call him the Telluride Shaman, just because, you know, he's in middle America. And... Uh, He's been there enough times that for anyone who hasn't gone and kind of hears us talk vaguely about how it's a different festival in other places, that'll be an interesting conversation. So you can hear that at the end. Um, we do have some business to take care of at the top, which is, for those of you who recall, we had a reader slash listener suggest to us to do a fantasy movie draft. And we did that in May. May 10th, I believe. Uh, and, I've got May uh, 15th. I might have started it a week earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think I probably start. I probably the week before when we said we were doing it, I put it in my uh, in my notes. It's okay, whatever. In May, in May, in May, uh, Miles, Steve, and I picked some films, some actors, some actresses, and uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to look at what we have and we're going to um, make some some adjustments, some temporary adjustments, because like uh, Miles was saying off air, Steve isn't here, so he's kind of at a slight disadvantage, but. Um, Steve is aware Steve will be able to, um, he'll be on, he'll be on again soon to talk about them, but can also let me know the changes. So the main changes will be obviously things that, uh, either it turns out are really not players or for the most part, like are not coming out. So, um, I'll read what everyone has and we can do that. So I'll start with Steve. Since he's not here. Um, his film list is problematic. Yeah, this is a <laughs> um, tough one. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. It was his top pick. Whoops. Poor things. Whoops. Amsterdam. Uh, coming out. But, you know, everything everywhere all at once is his, like, ace there. Absolutely. He has Maestro, which is not even done yet. And his safety is the sun, which clearly is moving into the top thing. So he's going to have to pick a couple of movies. His actors. Jesse Plemons. Out of play. Because um, that was, I assume, for Killers of the Flower Moon. Makes sense. Um, Brad Pitt. I'm going to say Babylon, so he should still be in play. Uh, Ruffalo, poor things, out of play. Paul Dano, um, 
Fableman, so in play. Bradley Cooper, out of play. His safety, John David Washington, who is in play. So you take out three of the... He's still got to make two picks there. Actress, he has Carrie Mulligan, which um, he picked her twice, so he has to pick her again once. Uh, Michelle Williams, who's in play. Jesse Buckley, who's in play. Um, so Carrie Mulligan's in play for She Said, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, uh, Jesse Buckley for Women Talking. Patricia Clarkson is, I believe, She Said, and his um, safety was Francis McDormand for, I think, Women Talking. So he's, he's got work to do, but he's not out of it, mind you. Not at all. Um, do you want to read yours? Yeah, sure. So uh, for picture, I've got Babylon still in play. The Whale seems to be still in play. Woman King yep. still in play. The killer uh, might be nope. uh, might be next year. So I'm pretty sure it's next year at this point. Okay, so like the naive young fool that I was back in May, I did have three thousand years of longing on here. More on that a little bit later, right? More on that a little bit later. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll tease by saying Miles does like it more than I do, but that you know maybe not saying a ton. I'm. For those of you who've been listening to my feelings about this film on the show, I'm disappointed in some ways, but not in others. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go. I mean, it's not going to get nominated for. I guess I'll leave it there for now since it's it's out. Uh, and then Turning Red was my backup. Yeah. But I mean, so the thing with the animated ones, because I have one also, they're going to get a lot of nominations probably. Yeah. So they'll the have to just be weighted differently than like a best picture. Like. If yeah, it's like yeah, a Toy Story 3 situation where it's nominated for picture and animated, that would be weighted differently oh, yeah, than would. just animated. Exactly. So, like, I don't think you're going to drop Turning Red. Not at all, no. But you, mi- you might want to drop 3,000 Years of Longing and you need to replace the killer. Yeah, I think that's what I'm probably going to do. Because 3,000 Years yes. of Longing is not going to do a lot awards-wise. Oh, yeah. So um, For actor, I have Austin Butler, which, yeah, for Elvis, I would keep. Uh, Seth Rogen for Fablemans, still in play. Anthony Hopkins for Armageddon Time. That's still coming out this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just needed to specify because he's also in the sun. Uh, It it was for Armageddon Time specifically. Excellent. Uh, Fastbender for Next Goal Wins. That's looking like next year. Yeah, both of his movies not coming out. Well, yeah, so either or. It didn't matter. Uh, Willem Dafoe is out for Poor Things. And Joaquin Phoenix is out for Disappointment Boulevard. So I've got... So you got some work to do in actor. Yep. And then actress, Michelle Yeoh, very much still in play. Viola Davis, still in play. Lily Gladstone, that's Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I have Margot Robbie here. I have to assume it was for Babylon. I would assume Babylon over Amsterdam, right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Sadie Sink, very much in play. Oh, I'm so naive. I had Tilda Swinton in here. <laughs> yep. One of her movies, not going to happen. The other one, not coming out. Uh, um, so you have a little bit of stuff to do. Um, my films, all of them are coming out, but I still will make a move. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So Fablemans should be fine still. Avatar 2, I mean, that below the line stuff will save me. She said I'm tempted to drop. Just because I think that limited. Uh, Empire of Light. I, th- I, I think based off that early teaser, you might have made the right move grabbing that one early. Yes. Um, Lightyear I want to keep because of the the animated stuff and then my safety um, is white noise so essentially our safety is just going to wind up extra films in here because we're going to have to pick so many anyway yeah um, so I think 
because I, I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. I have a film I want, so I think it's going to be a better play than She Said or White Noise, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, actor, I have Brendan Fraser, doing well. Got an award already. Yeah. Hugh Jackman for The Sun. That trailer certainly looks awards-friendly. Leonardo DiCaprio, I got to switch him out. Adam Driver for White Noise. Christian Bale, I assume for Amsterdam as opposed to The Pale Blue Eye. I would assume as much. And my safety was Tom Hanks, which I think I said Elvis. I don't think I said a man a man named Otto, right? It doesn't seem like me. Well, no, you would have chosen uh, Pinocchio, right? Yeah, right? Ugh, not even Del Toro's one, right? Not even. <laughs> um, yeah. Actress, Regina King, I don't believe Shirley's coming out. So that was a misfire. Zoe Kazan, she said... Kate Blanchett for Tar. Oh man, that's that a well. that l- looks like a good pick. Yeah, Emma Stone. I'm gonna have to swap out. Uh, Naomi Aki for I want to dance with someone. Should be fine. Still, I don't know how much of a play it'll be. And my safety, Jennifer Lawrence for Causeway. I I've talked about this. I have a hunch it's not gonna be great because it's just kind of like lumped into Toronto. But you never know. Could just also be they don't know what to do with it. So um, here's my proposal. Since we have to we have to move a little stuff around. I I am more passionate about my film pick, so I'm happy to defer to your first choices and your acting replacements if you let me pick my film first. Okay, fine that's that. fair. All right, good, because I'm taking a Top Gun Maverick. Okay, right on. This was mainly about me making sure I get Top Gun. Um, so I'm gonna. what we're going to do is we're going to add, and then uh, since we'll wait for Steve a little bit, if it's something that you want to replace, you can have a little bit of time to worry about that still. So I'm going to add um, replace with Top Gun. Okay. So then um, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know what I'm going to throw out there is uh, Bardo. Yeah. So you're replacing the killer with Bardo, right? Right. All right. So there you go. Um do your actor and actress first. I think that's fair because I really jumped the line for, I think, a pretty good pick in Top Gun. Yeah. Um, let's see. Or space out. You can pick two picks before I go one. So pick two actors, pick one out one of each, however you want to. Well, I don't have anyone off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Um, um, well, here, I have to replace oh, he, one person. Well, I need two new ones in actor, right? You know what? I'll throw out there uh, Bill Nighy for living. Okay. That works. I might finally see it at Toronto. Though I talked with, with Mark about this a little bit. I could have seen it at uh, at, Tellur- at um, Sundance. I was like, this seems long and boring. Maybe not for me. I'm still not convinced it's a thing. I think people want it to be a thing because they like him. But... We'll see. Yeah. Well, and it's a good narrative because it's a remake of a Kurosawa film, too. And it's the exactly. kind that Double would be worthy there. of that if it's done well. Yeah. Um. Then I need one new actress. Um, if you have anything in mind, go for it. Um. Let me look. So I think since I have to swap one actress, let me pull up my, I'll pull up my predictions real quick. That seems like the way to do this. I have one in mind, but I want to see if there's someone else that I'm, I don't want to say more interested in. Cause I have an actor as well. 
because I have to I have to swap out DiCaprio and I have to swap out Regina King. So I only need one actor, one actress. Um, do you want me to suggest a couple and we can pull from a, a pool? You, you know what? I just had a thought and it's a hunch, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light. Nice. Let me give you that right now. Uh, that's Lily Gladstone, right? Yeah. You can have you can swap out Tilda as well. As my backup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So we can have like full rosters. Oh, I still need another actor as well. Yeah, you need um, to replace... You need two technically, Defoe and Phoenix. So maybe I should help you a little bit. Because um, I'm going to take... So I'll take my actor now. Yeah, take whatever you want to take and then throw out some ideas for me. Uh, I'll go all in. I'll I'll take uh, Tom Cruise. Ooh. I don't know that's going to happen, but why not? You know what, though? It's a bold um, play. So, yeah. So in lead actor, some options you might be interested in. Uh, either of the Banshees of Inishirin. Uh oh. Song Kang-ho for Broker. Jonathan Major's Devotion. Daniel Jimenez uh, Gacho for Bardo. Jeremy Pope for The Inspection. Uh, Ray Fiennes for The Menu. Uh, Nicholas Cage, if you want to be a little bold. Uh, supporting actor, <coughs> kind of a, not a wasteland, just I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, nobody has, nobody has a Kihue Kwan for everything, everywhere at once. Wait, seriously? Oh, I'm taking him then. There we go. You get one more. Uh, as a backup? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah. Who else do you have supporting? Okay. Yeah, that, that is smart. We should look more in uh, in supporting. Uh, Chris Pine, Don't Worry Darling, Glenn Powell, Devotion, uh, anyone from Babylon, Don Cheadle, White Noise, uh, Woody Harrelson, Triangle of Sadness, The Kid from the Sun, uh, Michael K. Williams in Breaking. That's We'll talk about that later. That's more of like should happen than will happen. Um, Jonathan Major is also in Devotion. Was he, is he not lead for that? I don't know what their category. I don't know how much of an awards play that is. I it's hard for me to get a read on it. I don't necessarily get that vibe from it. And like, it's tough to be a really good like fighter plane movie in a year that already had Top Gun Maverick. Exactly. It, it seems destined to be well liked, but not. You know, not do so super well. Um, I'm surprised you're not into Song Kang Ho. I just, if he didn't get it for Parasite, I just don't know that I see much international play for that. That's true. I mean, Brian Tyree Henry's in uh, the Jennifer Lawrence movie, so that's yeah. That's if you think that movie has a chance. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of roll the dice. I'm gonna go with Don Cheadle for White Noise. I just I get a feeling from the trailer. Nice. Uh, actress wise, we, uh, I have to, I have to pick two. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and you have to pick two. Uh, no, one more. Cause one you've more, got yeah. Olivia Coleman. And then I think I have to pick uh, one more picture as well, but go ahead first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, options are, and I guess, sorry, Steve, you're going to have to listen. There's plenty of people and maybe he has the upside even in that waiting a couple weeks. Whatever bursts out of nowhere on the festival scene, he can just grab. Well, that's very true. So, that I think that's a fair compromise. If we're taking early information, he has the late game. Uh, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Danielle Deadweiler, Till, 
uh, Laura Dern, The Sun, uh, Florence Pugh, Don't Worry Darling, though I feel like that ship might have sailed for different reasons. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy, The Menu, uh, Taylor Russell, Bones and All. Uh, or I guess by that token, uh, Chalamet is around for that. Which, if I don't like that movie, I think I'm just lost on Guadagnino at this point, right? I would assume cannibal so. cannibal romance isn't for me. Uh, other so supporting actresses we have... Um, other people from The Whale, Hong Chao, for example. Uh, Gene Smart, Babylon, Anne Hathaway, Armageddon Time. Also Jeremy Strong, Armageddon Time in The Men. Samantha Morton, The Whale. Uh, Greta Gerwig, White Noise. Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All Once. Um, Nina Haas, Tar. Okay, so I'll let you. Options. I'll let you go. I'll let you. I'll let you go first on these, just because. Oh man. Um, Unless you want to really grab one. I'll, you know what? If you're not super partial on anything, I'll take Daniel Deadweiler. Okay. Oh, I'll take uh, Anna Diarmas then. Excellent. I'm a little disappointed that movie's not going to more places. Um, Bond. I. I get the vibe on it that maybe it won't necessarily be great, but it could still be like a best actress vehicle and nothing else. It could be like a Judy. That's what I'm thinking. I think they also just feel like it's not commercial and it's going to get like very divisive reviews. Like it's going to have its champions. But besides that, it's going to be like, oh, what do we do with this? Yeah, I I think it's going to be a tough sell no matter how you slice it. They're just starting very early with, like, that's not prime priority. So yeah. I'll take my other pick. I'll take Laura Dern. That's smart. Just that trailer came that's out today. smart. So you have... I think you're good now, right? Uh, yeah, and you took Daniel Deadweiler as well? Yeah. All right, so we're good. So business taken care of. Oh, wait, I have... Uh, you're good on pictures. I need one more picture. Oh, yes, you do. Because um, um, you're going to drop 3,000. Yeah. Um, so I will take, oh, it just rattled me off some things. Um, well, you, as I close that page, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, the, the listeners love it. You can take options such as door number one, door number two, uh, highest rank thing that we don't have would be you took Bardo mm-hmm. women talking would be an option mm. Elvis yeah Elvis <laughs> Banshees of Inishirin oh I'll take that I'll take that there we go which can I tell you that there's a, a major conflict with that one for me how so I think it's like that or that or the sun is the same time at, 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 at TIFF I mean, I wouldn't think twice about that one, but also the sun already looks very much not for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you also haven't seen The Father yet, so. Well, yeah, hard to say. Not that they're, you know, it's not a sequel or a prequel, but I get what you mean. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays and then how much, how important it is for you to see it. Um, speaking of things, you know what? Let's do, a, let's do a question. Since we're talking about festival stuff, we have a question about the festival season. Boom. Um, yeah, there we go. I was going to let you talk about the, the things you've seen, but we'll get there shortly. We'll get there. Yeah, this is, uh, this is about when we talked about Venice last week. For those of you who don't remember, we talked about Venice last week. And we have a question that asks from Kaifley, 
Sight unseen predictions for the Golden Lion, Silver Lion, and Volpe Cup at Venice, as well as the People's Choice Award at Toronto. Um, would you like to do one or the other first? Uh, well, you probably have a much better sense of what's competing for each, whereas I have a yeah. sense of the overall films that are happening, but I don't always know what's going where. Um, so we can do them like one up. prize at a, or like one fest at a time. And yeah, so let's do both. let's do Venice, and I'll tell you what won last year. Okay. All right. So the Golden Lion went to Happening. The what was the other one they asked for? The Grand Jury or the Silver Lion? Uh, Silver Lion. Okay, so Golden Lion went to Happening. Silver Lion went to Power of the Dog. And okay. the Volpe Cups are for Actor and Actress. Penelope Cruz won for Power of Mothers. And John Arcilla won for On the Job, The Missing Eight. So two things were main Oscar players. Two were a little more esoteric picks. Yeah, okay. So in this year's lineup, uh, I believe they have to be in competition, right? I would assume so. You got White Noise. You have Il Signore del Formici. I'm going to struggle with the Italian movies. I'm sorry. Uh, the Whale. La Emincita. St. Omer. Blonde. Tar. Love Life. Bardo. Athena. Bones and All. The Eternal Daughter. Beyond the Wall. Banshees of Inishirin. Argentina 1985. Chiara. Monica. No Bears. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. A Couple. The Sun. Our Ties. And Other People's Children. Okay. So I'll I've I've got mine. <laughs> All right. Um I'll so I think the way to do this, my strategy at least, is I'm not gonna try to predict the ones that you can't pick. And I'm just gonna go with the Oscar stuff and hope that I, I hit two out of four. That's probably what you're doing also, right? Similar, yeah. Yeah, so my Volpe Cup for actor, I'll do Brendan Fraser for the whale. Same. Yeah. Uh my Volpe Cup for actress, I'll do Cape Blanchett Tar. Yeah, same. <laughs> We, we were they're, on they're, they're the same. Yeah, they're they, they feel like safe choices at this point. Yeah. Um, and the Golden Lion. I will. I'll say Bardo. OK, I will. I, here's my prediction is that Golden Lion goes to any one of the foreign language films you just named that I don't know anything about at this point. I don't know which totally one, fair. but one of that group is my prediction. And then um, uh, Silver Lion, I think we go to the whale. Uh, my Silver Lion, I think we'll go to either Bones and All or the documentary, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, because that's in so many of these lineups, like in higher, in higher spots than you would initially think. Okay. That somebody really thinks highly of that. Well, I hope somebody's writing this down. Someone's listening. Oh, God, I hope someone's listening. I mean, they are. I hope. Jesus. Uh, God, we just had a little bout of paranoia. The uh, Toronto Audience Award is interesting because it does often go to a, a player. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it doesn't, it goes to something way off the beaten path, let me tell you. Um, but there is a point in which they were very much in play as a predictor. And I would say... 2007 kind of started things up a little bit. Okay. Um, so before that, you know, um, 
other years had had it. So like they had a they had a good run in parts of that. So like in '96, Shine won the Audience Award, went on to be a Best Picture nominee. Sure. '98, Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful very clearly would be an Audience Award winner. You know, um, Shine a little less surprise, a little more surprising. Uh, for example, in '99, American Beauty won the Audience Award. Makes perfect sense then. Now, iffy, but we've talked about that several times. Yeah. But at the moment, as a new film with popular, not controversial actor Kevin Spacey, you can see why. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So starting in 2000, they had the runner-ups. So like Crouching Tiger won in 2000. Um, two of the films people were not – probably wouldn't know if I told you, but the one of the runner-ups was Billy Elliot. Okay. 2001, Amelie won. Yeah. Uh, one of the two runner-ups was Monsoon Wedding. So like not there they were not in the best picture lineup but they were in the in play in various ways. Uh, Rail Whale Rider in two thousand two started its run. There you go to being a surprise actress nominee. Bowling for Columbine was a runner up and so was Bend It Like Beckham. Whereas in two thousand three, uh, Zatoichi won. Very far away from the the Oscar lineup. None of the things there were. Two thousand four Hotel Rwanda. Very close to a picture lineup, I would say. Yeah. 2005, Sotsi won, which might have been our, our key that that was going to be a big deal. Yeah, and it, it beat, was. Um, it beat three movies people probably don't recognize. I'm just doing this for expedience sake. And Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback, you would think, would have been the winner out of that lineup. Uh, 2006, Bella won. Um, one of the runner-ups was the Dixie Chicks documentary. So 2007 is when I start to kind of do it because Eastern Promises wins. And that's on the periphery of the awards race coming off of a history of violence. Sure. First runner up is Juno, though. Okay. Boy, I would I would have thought for anything Juno would win the audience award. Yeah, that's a little surprising that year. Yeah. 2008 would be the least surprising winner. Perhaps we'll hear here. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, nothing else even in the Oscar lineup was was around. 2009 will surprise you though, because Precious wins. Okay, no, I'm, I, it's starting to get to the point where I remember that as it was happening. Yeah. Uh, Mick Max, one of the runner-ups. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 2010, the King speech. We all remember when that happened. Like, oh, I guess we know what's going to lose the social network. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, 2011, I think people remember also because we had started to, after Slumdog, Precious, King speech. Oh, what, what wins the audience award is a, is a best picture front runner. Where do we go now? wins from Nadine Labaki. Um, a Separation, second runner-up. Okay. First runner-up, Starbuck, if you remember that movie. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get back onto it in a big way the next year because Silver Lines Playbook wins. Sure. And the first runner-up is Argo. Well, very on it that year. Yeah. The next year, 12 Years a Slave wins. Oh. First runner-up, Philomena. Uh, Philomania, if you prefer. And second runner-up, Prisoners, you know, the popular audience movie, Prisoners. Oh, of course. Uh, 2014, The Imitation Game wins. Yeah, okay. St. Vincent, one of the runners-up. Oh, interesting. Also, Learning to Drive. Uh, 2015, Room wins. Second runner-up, Spotlight. Oh, on it. Spotlight, Spotlight, the happier of the two movies. Yeah. 2016, the other completely unsurprising one, La La Land wins. Yep. First runner-up, Lion. Second runner-up, Queen of Katwe. Oh, interesting. Uh, next year, 
three billboards wins. Yeah, that tracks. First runner-up, I, Tanya. Okay. Second runner-up, Call Me By Your Name. The year after, Green Book wins, I'm sorry to say. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're on the pulse. Yep. Uh, first runner-up, If Beale Street Could Talk. Second runner-up, Roma. Just remember that for a minute. Those were the two films liked less than Green Book. <sighs> that was such a weird year. <laughs> yep, 2019. Jojo Rabbit wins the Audience Award. I remember that being a slight surprise. Yeah. Uh, first runner-up, Marriage Story. Second runner-up, Parasite. Well. I don't remember what I thought was going to win. I'm actually going to pull up that lineup for a second. Because I remember it being one of the things I was like, yeah, like that's definitely one of the options. I wonder if I thought Parasite would be the one. Probably got to look in. I guess it doesn't. I guess the Audience Award is almost anything, right? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Ford v. Ferrari, Hustlers, Joker. Not that I'm saying those are super likely, but those are some of the things that might have gotten some votes. Sure. Um, Dolomite is my name. Judy. Knives Out. Oh. (laughs) The Lighthouse. Lucy in the Sky. Motherless Brooklyn. Some of these have no chance. Uh, Pain and Glory. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. The Report. The Two Popes, Uncut Gems. I think like the, the Two Popes might have been the one I thought might have surprised. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I I missed it the year it came out. I th- I've seen like clips and stuff from it. I think you would enjoy it. It's surprisingly enjoyable. I mean, I like both <clears> those yeah, actors, mar- so yeah. Oh, yeah. Marriage Story and Parasite were the runner-ups. Uh, 2020, Nomadland wins. Also, i got to remember, it was kind of a uh, compromised year, let's say. Um, the runner-up one was Beans the other was One Night in Miami okay last year the first runner-up was Scarborough the second runner-up was The Power of the Dog Belfast won also not surprising in the slightest no so what do you think will happen this year is Empire of Light playing here it is. Okay. That's that's one that I'm starting to think we should start to expect to see big things from. Um, that could work. I'll say I'll say the Fablemans is another option. Fablemans definitely. They they um, could go with a no, weird oh, one. Glass Onion. Man, I would love to see that. I think the whale is too much of a tearjerker, right? That's my assumption, yeah. I mean, you've seen the play. I assume it's not going to deviate too far. Uh, what Aronofsky's doing it, it's it's not going to be a feel-good movie. I mean, the play's not a feel-good play, right? No, but like, he's not going to bring a lighter touch to it, is what I'm saying. No, no, no. He's going to lean into, like, this is a bad time for this guy. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be visceral. <laughs> oh, boy. And we're all going to feel bad for Brendan Fraser because we all like Brendan Fraser. This is kind of genius casting, actually. No, I know. Well, and I think it'll only help with their uh, campaign, regardless of I expect he's going to be very good in it because it's in many ways a role tailor made for where he's at right now. But like I uh, they, they really lucked out on the timing of that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, anything that's good has a chance. Banshees, the sun, um, broker, decision to leave. Um there another thing that would make sense 
I wouldn't be shocked to see a decision to leave. That's already been making some good early moves. True, true. Um, I think I think the Fableman still is like the you know devotion. You know what? If devotion is good, it's mainstream. That could happen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll throw that out as my pick there. And then I'll throw in the Banshees as a maybe for fun. All right. Well, whoever wants to remember this, remember this. Um, before we talk, before we do our film hall face off, because spoiler alert, we have one. Um, let's catch up on some films. We we talked around three thousand years along a little bit. Let's uh, let's do that. I've said my piece on that. I'll just reiterate. If you're going to essentially tell me these wild, fantastic tales that are supposedly going to make me one want you to be free as a gin and also want to have sex with you and fall in love with you. They got to be more interesting stories. Uh, but I already, I already said my piece on that. So you have seen it. Yeah. By all means, tell me how what you thought of the genie fucking movie. Okay. Well, as you, as you called it. No. Well, so first things first, we do have to address that elephant in the room. I have said for months that, Oh, you know, ever since the first picture, oh, this is the movie where Tilda Swinton fucks a genie. Slight spoilers for a film that made like two million in its opening weekend on a budget of 60. Um, she does fuck the genie. It's not like explicit or overt, but it definitely happens. So it arguably happens off screen. In fact, it whatever, like it clearly happens from a narrative point of view. Well, for a narrative time, it's more like there's a passage of time and their mild spoiler from movie seven people ended up seeing. They're essentially like a couple at one point towards the Well, exactly. Well, and there's literally a visual of her naked with him wrapped around her. So, you know, yes. <laughs> you more, can't convince me more, they didn't fuck. No, no, no. They definitely did. It's just that as an image subbing in for like kind of like, I don't know. Not that I want the movie to be hornier, but... I think for what the movie is doing with its, it's not a particularly hard turn in the third act, but like some kind of like sex scene might have been in uh, a good like shorthand for like they now have a physical relationship because the first two thirds of the movie is an intellectual one. But the first for three quarters of that two thirds, they're mostly just bantering and bickering, which honestly, they're better at that than as a couple. Well, okay, so let me so let me get into this. So this is the movie that, you know, every time we've talked about what are you looking forward to, this is the one that always comes up for me because it had a banger trailer. It's George Miller's first film after Fury Road, which, you know, was the kind of success that gives you blank check money. And this is nothing if not a blank check movie. Um, it wears its heart on its sleeve. It's big. It's audacious. It's very stylish in parts. Um and the sum total of all that is that it's fine. And yeah. that's, you know, not the result I wanted. I like it, I think, more than Joey does. Um, it, so much of this movie fluctuates wildly between these almost too fantastical by half sort of depictions of these ancient historical figures or just people that he ran into. And then the other half is just two attractive actors hanging out in a hotel room in bathrobes. And listen, if half your movie is going to be the second one, good thing they've got literally two of the best actors working today. And I think 
for all the fantasy and special effects and big budget stuff that's in this movie, it is the two lead performances that you remember as much as anything. And uh, I mean, you know, they're both great. Idris Elba in particular, I think, does a really good job at like narrating the stories. And like, even if the content of the stories isn't super interesting, he's doing a good job telling it. And uh, he has some good moments sprinkled throughout. They, they both do. I think the biggest problem, the number one problem for me, and we already kind of got into it, that they do sort of form a romantic attachment. And if you're looking at the trailers and if you're reading the vibe in the room, then that's it's not too much of a surprise, I wouldn't say. But that said, I don't buy for a second that Tilda Swinton goes from like questioning him and being skeptical of the whole thing and wondering if he's a trickster. And then like on a dime, she suddenly goes, oh, I actually want to be in a committed relationship for the rest of our lives. It's like, where did that transition happen? Yeah, it is. It is to the point where it feels like there's scenes missing. Yeah, exactly. Which is frustrating because they do have a good like intellectual chemistry where they're bouncing off each other. And like, that's sort of when the film's at its best. Yeah. When she's like, I, I I am aware of, of Jin's. You're evil. And he's like, I'm not evil. She's like, yeah, but you're a trickster. He's like, I'm not a trickster. She's like, that's what a trickster would say. Like, they're, they're I'm paraphrasing, but like, their back and forth is kind of funny because he's this like powerful being that just needs basically a favor. And he's getting more and more frustrated that she won't just do him the solid. And she's almost amused by it because she's kind of got this added, like, leave me alone. Like, yeah. She's very nonplussed by the fact that, like, this thing I studied kind of like in a way of like, it's not real, but like what a wonderful thing to study is now completely wheat real. She's kind of nonplussed by it. She very quickly is like, well, I don't believe you're, you're a genie, but even if you are like, I ain't helping you out. No, she rolls with, she fun. rolls with the punches. Yeah. Um, yeah. She very quickly is like, this is just a guy in my room. All right. This is what's happening. And so I chalk that up to the writing more so than Tilda's performance that that character kind of feels like weirdly anachronistic both well she's also at better as an ice queen than as a warm-hearted person i don't even know that that's degree. true i think it's just more a case of the characters written very inconsistently and i th- yes they they also don't play up like i don't know how you, how did you feel about like the opening scenes like but the fainting scene and things like that. I just feel like I didn't know what to do with her a lot early on. Um, I, I mean, I didn't think there was any problem with the performance. I thought that whole thing no, no, where she where she sees like this vision of someone else, like there's not really any payoff to that. Yeah, I, I, that's why I was like, what are we up to here? And the answer was, he doesn't know either. Nothing. No, just trying stuff out. It feels like a movie you make when you just want to kind of be experimental. And I don't want to be too harsh on the narrative because it does wear its heart on its sleeve. There are moments where like, it's like, oh, makes you feel good about the world or whatever. And I know he wrote it with his daughter over the course of like a decade. So like, I don't want to be too harsh on it. But at the same time, I feel like this is a movie where individual parts of it, whether it be the performances or certain shots or certain montages or certain moments of the stories he's telling, individually and in isolation, a lot of them work really well. But Oh, they're, they're beautiful. But there's not really much of a point where it feels like they all flow together. It's got that feeling of like... When you're looking at when like someone's computer's on rest mode and they have one of those screensavers that's just a variety of random images, it kind of has that that pace to it of just like we're we're in the hotel room stuff, okay, and now we're you know in Mesopotamia and here's Queen Sheba and all this other stuff, and it's just like he also just seems very into images without building on them. 
or just even like I it felt like a like whimsy and like a flight of fancy of like giant like very large naked person but why I don't know it'd be interesting to look at like a lot of the answers to why in this film feel like the answer was I don't know it'd be interesting to look at and that's cool well, but, and not only that, that mentality worked wonders in Fury Road, which is a very simplistic story that all takes place sort of linearly. The problem with this one is that- But that captures that, your imagination. Well, exactly. Well, because then it all goes in service of world building and in sort of yeah. fleshing out all the weird nooks and crannies. That works because it's all, you know, within the two hour time or several day time frame or whatever. But the uh, the problem with this one is that it's bouncing all around like hundreds of years in the past and the future, and it it never lands on a consistent tone, and so well, all the Idris, interesting stuff in it is just kind of free floating. Yeah, and and Idris Elba's uh, Jin, the three stories he tells, the first two he feels very incidental to me in them. So that's also, I think, part of why it doesn't those stories just fall incredibly flat to me. Uh, the third story is is a banger. By comparison, at least, and and give and kind of sets up why he would be in this position more so than the other two stories. But I, I felt like I they kind of lost me by that point. But yeah, you're you're right in the sense of you know the guitar playing guy in, in Fury Road adds nothing to the plot. But I don't know, it's fu- it'd be cool. Wouldn't that be fucked up and cool? Works for that vibe of like striking imagery in a wasteland. This is striking imagery in what's supposed to be a striking story and the story is just not striking right well it's because fury road was the kind of movie where it's like you know from like crazy mastermind george miller like where that vibe kind of fits it doesn't so much fit with this like historical spiritual movie about like you know these people falling in love and then you know magic gets in the way and all this sort of stuff it never really latches onto a focus it's, it's just trying out a bunch of ideas yeah, and and most of them fall flat, unfortunately. Yeah, and so, you know, what we were talking about before, where, like, I don't buy Tilda's, the characters transition into, basically, their romantic chemistry just kind of isn't there. And that's a problem, because the entire third act kind of hinges on that. And without getting into spoilers yeah, for how it resolves, like, it is, you know... That whole, all that stuff. And then they try and bring up stuff like, oh, the intolerance of your neighbors and stuff, which like doesn't connect to anything. No, that's uh, the third act is very meandering for a movie that's supposed to be wrapping up slowly. Like it, and, it's less than two hours, but I feel like it could have been even shorter. I feel like. Yeah, I don't make need it. The, I don't need the racist weird. neighbors. The, the like, it's kind of an amusing scene in some ways, but also I, they added nothing. Yeah. Uh, honestly. I hate doing this because I, I I do kind of think the third act is better in that I'm okay with the vibe of just oh these people were lovely let's let's spend a little time with them and some of the imagery is interesting like what a what like London would do to a genie but um it almost could be an epilogue like the entire yeah, third act like, I don't know they could have just... ended like they could have ended on that image of like her naked in his arms in a way and then kind of wrapped up very quickly on like. The things that we we know that we're not saying. Maybe, yeah. Either wrap it up or just don't do it at all. I don't know, because like that was the moment where the film kind of lost me because it's like, oh, this is the focus. Not any of the interesting, yeah. like crazy stuff. Like I was expecting no. it all to build up to a little something more, but they're all just like yeah. pretty loose. Or the only thing that most of the stories have to do with anything is that he's somewhere in them. 
and and he's not even present for some for a lot of the actions. Oh yeah, it's, like it's, one and a half of them at least. He's like in another room for most of the things that are happening. Yeah, he's essentially telling a story he heard from someone. Yeah. Um. Or like, or like he overheard the, through the floorboards or whatever. Yeah. Or like, I gotta take the bottle home, and I, I don't want like she's worried it's gonna go through the X-ray and like do something to him, and nothing comes of that. Oh either. my god, that scene felt like it went on forever. Yeah, because I'm like, this has to mean something, right? Like, like he wasn't gonna do it because it was supposed to be like you know a nicer movie, but wouldn't it have been fucked up if like the the scanner just destroys the gin well like, wow. i was kind of expecting something to happen with it because there was such a big panic but then it's like oh no it just goes through and it's fine it's like oh okay yeah, yeah so yeah. what are we doing like, here exactly that's that's indicative of the movie there's a lot of like oh shit it's about to get in nope never mind yeah and it's very much it's frustrating in- it's a lot of wasted potential but i i think it's still worth seeing for anyone who's curious i mean this is in people are talking about oh it lost a lot of money well you should have marketed it better i don't know how the fuck you would market a movie like this this thing well, is you, way too you, weird well what was the budget 60 you know offhand? uh 60 million i want to say and it opened to two one, two <laughs> well you, well here's what i'll say to that to some degree they um got screwed by theaters because they were planning on on going platform and for anyone who checked out the box office this week, it was uh, bad. Um, the invitation led with 6.8. They asked it to open wide because they just didn't have new product. Yeah. And it suffered. Well, so, it you know sets what? up an expectation for something that, frankly, it was never going to deliver on. No, it's a it's a it's an art house movie without being cha- it's not like a challenging art house movie in that sense, but it's meant to play at the angelica new york City. well it is meant to play on the big screen it's not a movie like if you are interested a lot of this imagery is worth seeing on the big screen even if it's sure no as a visual as a visual palette almost impeccable yeah it's great to watch him play with visuals it just i wish they meant something exactly listen i you know take i was that's why it's important to listen to more than one person because i'm the one who's like fury road is good but also just fine so it helps when someone else says, like, this is somewhat disappointing as well. So it's not just, oh, you hate George Miller. I don't hate George Miller. I just didn't fall in love with the movie everyone else loves. And that happens. Um, conversely, I was very delighted to hear that you liked Breaking almost or as much as I did. Which, by the way, only made just a shade under a million dollars. So that wasn't great either. Yeah, I'm really glad I, I was able to make time for this one because it's... You know, I love me a good bank robbery movie. Dog Day Afternoon is in my top three of all time. Like, you know, and the cast that's involved, this one had me pre-sold. But it just, it's really nice to see like a really taut, well done, riveting little dramatic thriller that like, you know, it's about what it's about and it's very focused and it's very character driven in a way that feels very, you know, engaging. It takes place mostly in real time. Uh, it's just super well done. And John Boyega, I have to say, I've enjoyed him in other things. He's great in Attack the Block. He's very charismatic in the Star Wars movies, even though you can see his role being written out in real time. But yeah. um, so could he. Yeah. And uh, but in this one, he's oh, my God, it's such a commanding performance. You know, he's creating a full bodied character and he's, you know, Sometimes going a little histrionic, sometimes going very subtle. He, he shows off a really impressive range throughout. Michael K. Williams, I don't know why more people aren't talking about the fact that like his last movie is in theaters right now. Uh, but And he's 
spectacular. He's very, very good in it. And he's a very good counterpoint. I almost wish he was in it more because he doesn't really show up for most of the first half. Uh, yeah. And doesn't really become properly, you know, involved until the second. And he's he and Boyega bounce off each other really well. And I would have liked to see more of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, Were you aware this was a true story? Yes. Right. Well, I also think Did it you read says, the article? I think it says so at the beginning. Um, I don't know if I had I don't know if I had known when I saw it at Sundance. Well, you saw it under a different title, right? I saw it under 892, which yeah. for those who don't know, the plot of this movie is um, John Boyega is a uh, a veteran he's a marine i believe and uh he has ptsd he's, he's struggling um and there's a mix-up with the va he hasn't gotten his uh, disability check for i think maybe several weeks or something I'd, he's owed 892 dollars and he's his his um i think he's separated from his wife i don't know if they're divorced yet but like he has a daughter like the stresses are building like he goes to the va and it doesn't go well because He's like you said, the histrionics. Like he, he has freakouts a little bit. He's disturbed in a way. He's harmless, but he's disturbed. And he reaches the point where he goes to the bank and says he has a bomb because he wants, and he only wants his money. He doesn't want the bank's money. He wants the VA to give him his money. Well, and, that's the th- the point of interest too, because at multiple points, different characters, you know, make an offer that like would hypothetically get him what he wants but compromise why he's doing it which is you know here i will just wire you this money or here we can you know arrange something but he he stands his ground says no this is the va's fuck up like they're the ones who need to be put on blast for this i don't want it from anywhere else which is interesting because michael k williams negotiator is a veteran as well he's a former marine as well yeah so he he calls he addresses him as sir like he talks as a fellow soldier and says like i've had my problems the va as well the haunting line from that is still when he says your life is worth more than eight hundred ninety-two dollars. Yeah, uh, which is the 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 haunting part of the movie. Without saying what happens, you can also look up what happens if you if or you're aware of the story. But the fact that it came to this over a not insignificant sum of money, but a sum of money that shouldn't break someone, essentially. No, is, exactly. It's haunting, and if you and if you read the true story, the the amount of fuck-ups that led to this is uh even more so than in the the movie the movie kind of abruptly ends to for a reason but you know the the article talks a lot more about what led to that and and the movie made me very angry in a good way you know like a powerful i love the movie way but the reading that story boy boy do you wind up frustrated with like how society can do this. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think what really struck a chord and, you know, I felt the same way about it that I do when I watch movies like, you know, black Klansman or Selma, where it gets you like really fired up about racial injustice. And in this case, you know, uh, injustice towards veterans and just societal, like all the different ways and all the different avenues that like stupid red tape can come from that can just fuck up a person's life and like drive them to such a point of desperation uh the movie just illustrates all that so beautifully oh yeah um very underrated wish more people had seen it glad it made about a million bucks all told right now but should do more yeah alas um you also saw something you reviewed I think that's the only other one you saw, right? Uh, yes. So uh, my first review in probably since April went up on the site uh, is for a Korean movie called Alienoid. Um, 
And it was interesting because I got to see it via screener, but I wish I'd seen it in theaters because it's very much a big screen, epic blockbuster, ridiculous kind of movie. Like, this is what summer popcorn is, like, made for. And I kind of wish that, like, more people were aware of it because I think it is the kind of one that you see it kind of like RRR where you're like, this would play the best on a bigger screen. Uh, but it's very weird. It's very out there. It's basically a time travel alien invasion, you know, 1300s martial arts movie. There's a Is there a robot? It's uh, like called Guard or something, right? There are several robots, yes. Guard is I, the main I just saw, one. I, um, a podcast I listened to, the host's wife was uh, Instagramming about it. She loved the movie. And she loved that he has a, like a hip holster like Robocop. Oh, yeah, or totally. The guards, yeah. Well, he's interesting because he's a robot that's like making himself appear as a human. But then the human puts on like a robot like suit of armor, essentially. Sounds sounds like a movie we didn't make here. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's very out cool there. For us to have made it. But it's it's really it's a lot of fun. It's not like high art necessarily, but the action is really well done. And it just has so many interesting the way it uses like these parallel timelines and sort of, you know, a a story that kind of jumps around. It takes a little while for it all to come into focus, but once you understand sort of who all the players are and what's at stake and who's capable of doing what, it just becomes a lot of fun. Like when certain characters go back in time, it becomes like it's martial arts. It's like magic. It's kind of like, you know, if you've seen Wuxia films like Crouching Tiger or Hero or even to a lesser extent Shang-Chi, um, it's that kind of, I mean, a Korean obviously take on that kind of thing versus yeah. like aliens and like predators in some cases. And like, you know, or like one character just has a gun in, the, uh, in the 1300s. And like, that makes her like this mythical, uh, sort of warrior. Like, Oh, she's the one yeah. who shoots thunder. Like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to deal with her? But like, they can do magic. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's a really fascinating sort of blending of different ideas. Um, to good effect aliens and predators and alienoids oh my exactly nice uh, cool uh i'll talk quickly about two things i saw one i'm not a thousand percent i can talk about but i i think we're safe don't tell anyone i saw the new fletch movie and i enjoyed it quite a bit which probably helps in case i'm not supposed to be talking about it um john ham is fletch like it's just fun like i so I don't know what you I so Mars, I think you're a fan of the Fletch movies, right? I don't think I've ever seen them. I think I've seen okay. bits and pieces of the first one. I I, you, I understand the, you, the vibe, but Yeah, yeah. What I want out of Fletch is just the main character to crack wise and have and be like smarter and then be that guy. And John Hamm does a great job. So Perfect. More on that soon. Um I saw See How They Run, <clears throat> which was cute as a button. Very forgettable. But in the moment perfectly enjoyable it felt like somebody watched a wes anderson movie and read an agatha christie book and then fell asleep and then combined them but sort of left out the more overt twee of wes anderson and just had it be a little off the beaten path it's fun saoirse ronan is a blast in the movie well she looked like the highlight from the trailer very much so everything else perfectly fine <clears throat> and Adrian Brody as like, because you know what it is? The thing I appreciate about the movie is it's very much calling out the things that whodunits do while doing the same thing. Okay. So you get that mild amu- a mild amusement about, you know, 
the guy everyone hates has to get off while you watch Adrian Brody talk about that while he's being the guy everyone hates. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's well enough done. Um, I believe those are the things I've seen that I can talk about. The only other thing I'll mention is, you know what? Uh, by the time we record the next week's one, um, my, so next week you'll see my interview with Kevin Smith, which spoils the terrible surprise that I have. In fact, a while ago, seen Clerks three. So, look what? Yeah, right. I mean, this is the point where I guess I get to, I I can reveal that like Miles knew I saw it like almost a year ago. <laughs> um, this is like but, the uh, worst kept secret on the site. Exactly. Uh, but well, we're technically embargoed until I believe the fifth. Like you know, it's pretty clear I've seen it. Uh, I'll just throw out. I was I was pleased, and well, I you you know. I'm an easy target for a Kevin Smith movie, but you know, there's a difference between, yeah, this was fine. I enjoyed it because I like Kevin Smith movies and I was pleased and satisfied in a different way. Um, this is, this is better. This is a cut above some of the, the stuff that you would maybe say like, Oh, he's just cause he likes him. So more on that soon, probably not a ton more because miles is wildly disinterested, but uh, I will, uh, I will just say, look for my let's say positive review coming up other things we'll talk about soon um and also you know soon i'll be won't have to talk speculatively about things like the whale so there's that as well very exciting um in the meantime film hulk face off george miller edition oh well here we go there you go uh thank you ryan mcdermott mad max or mad max to the road warrior uh, it's not even close. The Road Warrior is what people think of when they think of classic Mad Max. The first movie has a few inspired moments, but mostly it's like Max and his family like go on a picnic together and then like some biker gangs are kind of in the background. Um, the Road Warrior is great and epic and the action and the car chases in it like still hold up today. Uh, that is the best of the original Mad Max trilogy. Yeah, I agree. That I think what you said is very, very accurate in that people are thinking of that movie. Yeah. More so than the other one. Um, interesting to watch, though. Just to watch the... It's really interesting to watch all of them to just see the scale just completely change as they go on and on. Oh, yeah. Like, it blows out every time and then, like, you know, umpteen times by the time you get to Fury Road. But it's yeah, it, it, it gets wild in those movies. I, I don't know if anyone's done this, but if you watched Mad Max and then Fury Road back to back to be like, this is not the same franchise. No, it doesn't feel uh, that way at all. No, one and two feel that way. Two and three, one and three, even they, I mean, it's not just the Mel Gibson of it all. They still feel of a scale, just they're growing. But boy, did he take a, a leap. Um, next up, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome or Twilight Zone, the movie. He's cheating a little bit here, but it's okay. Uh, He is cheating a little bit here. I mean, that said, his segment of Twilight Zone is one of the better ones in that movie. Um, Would you like to tell people which one it is? Which one is it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember his being good, but now I'm blanking on which one is his. I also haven't seen it in a very long time. He doesn't do the man on the wig of the plane, does he? Uh, Fuck. Um, I probably should have remembered this as I said it. Um, Doesn't he maybe do it? Because maybe that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm double of. checking. 
I'm double checking. I like how we both were like, of course we yeah, no, <laughs> we're both did. at Todd's like authorities and neither. No, no, no. His is yeah, his is the his is the wing of the plane because it's John Lithgow. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. He he does that part. And that's really okay, that's the, the best part. Yeah, he, he does the ground one. Yeah, that's also, the part that people great. remember from that movie. Yeah. Great Simpsons parody as well. Yeah. No, you, well it's one of two things people remember. Um and then what? Thunderdome? They all, they, they, <sighs> I guess I have to oh, go no, with Thunderdome because it's a real – it's like a full movie, whereas the Twilight Zone thing is just like 15 minutes. It's a good 15 minutes. Thunderdome is like – I'll take it over the original Mad Max, but it's still kind of messy. But it's got enough fun, weird craziness in it. But I'll rock with that. All right. Uh, I'll go Twilight Zone just because that scene is – that segment is very good. I was just saying the other thing people remember from that movie is that it killed a person. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's it's literally a murdering movie. Um, yeah, uh, the witches of Eastwick or or Lorenzo's Oil. I don't think I've seen Lorenzo's Oil. Um, I don't know if I remember it well enough to pick it either way. I yeah, I, like I'm I know of it, but I don't. I've definitely not seen it. Witches of Eastwick, I think I've seen once, so I guess I pick it by default. I same. I don't remember anything I I s- good or bad about it, to be honest. I think I saw it on like television, like the Channel Eleven. Like, yeah, it's got that feel to it. Uh, yeah, but no, no shade on it. Uh, Babe, Pig in the City, or Happy Feet? Um, I guess I need to go back to Babe, Pig in the City because everyone's like, "Oh, it's like this great movie that he made between Mad Maxes." And it's like, is it? Because I remember seeing it as a kid, and it's like, "Oh, it's a talking animal movie." Like, I wouldn't put it anywhere above like a. a Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle or whatever else was being made at the time. Well, this is the sequel also. Yeah. But like, I don't remember. Yeah. I remember seeing both and being like, okay, he goes to the city and it's kind of wacky. Like yeah. I, I don't remember it as this like, like kids movie masterpiece that I think a lot of people hold it up as, but I also haven't sure, seen sure. it since I was a kid. Um, but that said, I, <sighs> I'm not into happy feet. I never was. I did like Happy Feet. I got to admit, I'm going to go Happy Feet. Uh, Why didn't you like Happy Feet? I just, I don't like that. I, I don't know. Something about the vibe and it's like the dancing musical, but it's like with the weird mocap penguins. It just like, I, it never connects with me. It doesn't register as good dancing because they're penguins. and it, But it's just like, it's a lot of just like penguins shuffling about and like celebrity voices going to be like, ah, ah, and it's like, okay, fair. What is this? <laughs> fair. I mean, I only watched it once. The funny part is you're you're kind of like, eh, babe, is whatever also. Uh, Ryan's uh, plot to make this hard doesn't really work because it's Mad Max Fury Road or Babe. I don't think he directed the first Babe, did he? I guess they're che- I guess he's cheating. I mean, I, w- I don't hold the original Babe in such high esteem. Pro- that- <laughs> I think it's I think it's produced and written by him. Yeah, that Chris sounds right. The first one. Um, it, it's Fury Road. Fury Road's a fucking masterpiece and one of the best action movies ever made, let alone since the turn of the century. Yeah, I mean, even 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 I, who's not super wild about it, will pick Fury Road. Yeah, it's just, it is the better movie. Wouldn't it be wild if we had a Justice League movie to talk about here? Sure. Or if he had made Furiosa by now. Or, you know... I'm sure we could find some or if he had done Man of Steel 2. See, Boy, that would have been about cool. projects he didn't make. I still think at some point that would be the thing to do. Give him Superman. I, I would love like, to let, see it. I mean, 
That was part of our WB conversation, which, by the way, has only gotten worse since then. Oh, God, I don't even want to get uh, into it. It's so depressing. No, no, no. At a certain point, we'll we'll do that. But at least the, the Ezra Miller crime spree is over. Well, the Ezra Miller crime spree is over because Ezra Miller overheard, oh, hey, there's an outside possibility they'll cancel the movie. And now suddenly they're on their best behavior. That almost might be the only good move that this this guy has made is like, we should probably leak that we'll cancel this movie if Ezra Miller doesn't calm the fuck down. I, if that's the plan, like there it's fucking working. <laughs> Can you imagine if Batgirl was just the like loaded bullet of like, we'll do it. He's serious. He's serious. He'll do it. Honestly, like you might be onto something <laughs> that feels plausible <laughs> to me. Meanwhile, the directors of Batgirl are like, what? We spent a lot of time on this. We were no, like excited. We were, just, we were part of the Renaissance, goddammit. Yeah. I it's it is funny that not in a funny, it's frustrating, but also just amusing in a way that like they had the thought as soon as they heard to be like, we should go like pirate this movie, and they were already locked out of the system. Yeah. I just love that they were like, we should record it. We should record some scenes quickly. Just something, anything what, to have that footage. Can you imagine if like they were working on it like twenty minutes before that, or whatever the period would be, and they were locked down and went, what, why is, why can't we access the footage? Oh, and they had to like go check. And someone's like, uh, David's going to call you guys in a little bit. Like, why is, Oh no, <laughs> nothing good comes of that. Well, but also oh, I boy. don't get the impression that David ever called them. <laughs> no, I, I, I get the impression that if David had to say who directed Batgirl, um, he would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Cause he doesn't know their names and would butcher them if he tried. Uh, in any event, you can go watch it if you're related to the filmmakers. True that. They had like a, a friends and family screening. Can you imagine the vibe there? God. Just funerals. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. But onward and upward for other things because, God, that sucks. Uh, yeah, so I'm heading out in two days to tell your ride. Uh, y'all will be able to follow me and find out what's playing. I, I have some, some suspicions. Um, there's always rumors when we get close that like some big film's going to debut there. So keep an eye out. Um, f- as you guys are listening to this, I believe the lineup will be revealed. I think Thursday morning at some point it's up. So it'll go up on the site. You can see what it is. And then, you know, I'll be frantically making my schedule, which then means I have to redo my TIFF schedule, which is a whole thing. Um, I'm a little upset that I don't think I'm going to get to see the menu at TIFF. And that seems like a gnarly little movie. Yeah, I the second trailer in particular makes me think that could be something fun. I don't know if it'll be an awards player, but it looks like it'll be a fun one. Yeah, no, it's not an awards player. Unless, like, Ray Fiennes is, like, really good. I mean, you can only hope. Yeah, but... I, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think it's just a matter of I like it. Oh, no, totally. Like, I'm excited to see it. But, you know, if he can't score a nomination for Grand Budapest Hotel, then I just don't know. Or in Bruges or any number of things he was good in. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, <clears throat> I'll give you guys a quick overview of what I may or may not be doing. Uh, so very much subject to change. But my Thursday at Toronto next week begins with probably either decision to leave or broker don't know how what i want to do there yet but that's that's probably the first film 
Um, I have a suspicion one of the two will be at Tellurides. That might help that. Um, then at night, if I want, I can do living. Okay. Uh, the next day, and all this is subject to massive change. The inspection, which, have you watched the trailer yet? Yeah. I, uh. Yeah, right, right. Don't, for being like at all these festivals and, and like being the closing film of, of New York. I should like the trailer more, right? I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but something, something more substantial. I think, I think Jeremy Pope and, and Bokeem Woodbine might be very good, but yeah, it, it feels also very slight. Well, that's just the thing. Well, so it doesn't, I mean, you know, it could just be bad trailers. We've had that a million times. Yeah. Yeah. But A24 is usually pretty good with their trailers, I think. Can you recall like a, a good Bay 24 movie with a bad trailer? Um, no, not off the top of my head. I mean, that's that's part of how they built their brand in a lot of ways. Yeah. And like they, yeah, I don't know. Um, that afternoon, I would potentially be seeing the Weird Al movie. Oh, man, that looks I I was ex- I was don't know what I was expecting from a Roku original but it probably wasn't like the heir apparent to walk hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fascinated by it. Um, I will probably be seeing The Woman King at some point there. Nice. Uh, Bros. Oh, there you go. I finally watched the trailer. That movie looks good. And, I, and listen, I love an Apatow comedy, but I, I, I like the look of that movie quite a bit. I actually saw Billy... Uh, what was his name? Uh, Billy Eichler? On the street, yeah. He was do Yeah, he was literally doing his show when I was going to the See How They Run trailer uh screening. Like on the street where the theater was. Oh wow, okay. I was standing next to his poster and I think and he I don't know if he was talking to me because I was looking at my phone because like I didn't particularly want to be on the show. Um I also knew it would be a waste of time because they would just he would start talking back, like, I'm gonna see your movie in Toronto next week and it's like, never mind. <laughs> um But I think he said, Get your ticket for bros, bro. I don't know if he was talking to me or just in general. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who's watching the show, if you see him walk past the theater talking about bros, I might be the guy looking at my phone. There you go. Um, so like I said, The Lost King is an option. Or bros. I'll see The Woman King, I think, at a nighttime screening. Which, again, I feel like it might be like a tweener. Yeah, I could see it. Um, like between, uh, you know, between an awards movie and a mainstream movie is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's what I... I... I yeah. I as long as it's entertaining, I'm almost more concerned with that than um Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you want you want the like feature length or Melage movie as opposed yeah. to like Viola Davis for Best Actress. Which, I mean same. I, I think that could still definitely happen, but you know. I think her more likely than the film I agree. Yeah. Uh Women Talking, though I think that'll be a tell your ride. Mm-hmm. Um also I've seen the Fablemans, one of those on Sunday, September 11th. What a time. Uh, the problem is the Fablemans conflicts with the menu. Well, and you got to go Fablemans. Yeah. Um, Causeway. Right. Which, you know, like I said, I'm kind of. Hope, um, it's basically Causeway or My Policeman. And I don't know how I feel about My Policeman yet. Sure. 
I have a feeling my policeman, they're clearly like positioning it as something, but we'll see. Yeah. Amazon certainly wants it to be one of their things. Yeah. Um, I don't actually, I don't know. That one, that one, I, I doesn't feel like a, I would go out of my way for a type movie, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so Monday, here's, here's the, here's the morning that's going to hurt your head. So here are your options. They're all playing at the same time. The Good Nurse. Okay. Which, not super important, but I feel like I want to watch Jessica Chain as Jessica Chastain as a nurse who thinks that Eddie Redmayne's a serial killer, right? I mean, no, but <laughs> I, I don't like Eddie yeah. Redmayne, so. True. Uh, Wendell and Wild. That's the, the one that I movie. would choose. I'll tell you that for free. It won't be. Oh, God. What? Because your other two options... Empire of Light. Oh, fuck. Okay. And The Whale. Fuck. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a poor, poor job by the by the, the TIFF schedules. Um, I have a feeling that, I mean, I'm almost positive Empire of Light is going to tell your rights. So that'll help that out. Well, if so that's I, the I case, then it's probably got to be The Whale, right? Yeah, I'm going to go to The Whale. Because also, the way that timing works out, I can go to Glass Onion right after that. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And then Tuesday... Uh, the conflict is the Banshees of Inisherin or the Sun or a Jazz Man's Blues. But I'm I'm going to say Tyler Perry has to earn my attention a little bit more after what seems like decades of putting out movies that didn't seem concerned with quality. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, we'll there's quite a few of them. I mean, yeah. I would go um, Banshees in a heartbeat, but the Sun is probably more of an Oscar movie. Well, here's the thing. So if I go to the Banshees instead of the Sun... That would leave me time to watch VHS 99. So where are your priorities? Yeah. Or either way, I think if either way, if I see either movie, I can then go see Pearl. So Pearl is my second movie, probably, no matter what there. Also, um, that would conflict. So if I go to All Quiet on the Western Front, I can't see any of them. Well, don't <laughs> so. don't see that one then. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Wednesday before I leave, I can either see The Wonder, which is Florence Pugh, the one who's like, she's not eating, but she's not losing weight. That's like um, almost exactly the same plot as A Banquet from earlier this year that I also reviewed for, yeah, the, yeah. Sh- for the site. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to tell you right. Um, and my last film will probably be um, The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I guess dumb but not terrible is a real low level phrase. It it doesn't look like the worst movie of the year, no. No. Um, obviously, if you heard something big that oh, a devotion, I'll have seen also. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know if there's another thing I have scheduled. I have maybe a link or two for a thing or two, but shh. Um, also, last thing that we'll talk about is I've seen Triangle of Sadness, and I uh, didn't particularly care for it. Unfortunately, yeah, I need to I need to get into his other films because I know I'm quite familiar with Force Majeure, but I never watched it. And then I remember hearing about The Square when it came out, but I didn't watch that either. So I I kind of only know this guy through the trailers of his films. Fair enough. Um, I don't think. I think Force Majeure would work for you. I don't think you would like The Square and I don't know what you would think of this movie. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you would appreciate Woody Harrelson, but he's not in it nearly enough. 
I was going to ask because I, I saw some early reviews say that he might be a supporting actor contender. But you don't see it. I mean, he's he's a very good performance in the film, but he's only in the second act. And half of his performance is behind a closed door. Oh, wow. OK. The scene in you saw the trailer, right? Yeah. The scene in the trailer where he's like at the captain's dinner and like that lady wants him to clean the sail that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like there, that's a scene. That's his. That's basically one of his main scenes, like being in that dinner. And he's pretty funny. And honestly, much of the rest of the performance is him and one of the other um, one of the, the people on the boat who's like this big Russian like capitalist type guy um, arguing with him because he's a Marxist and they're just quoting back and forth things. So like if you want to listen to Woody Harrelson read the Communist Manifesto. You're you're in luck. All right. But not a ton more than that to it. He's good, but I'd be very surprised if this is a player for much. Interesting. Make make of that what you will. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, when I get back from Toronto, we'll obviously go over what I saw, but that's sort of where we're, where we're at. So we can close up shop, um, say where you can be followed. And you know what? I'll, I'll narrow it down. Tell me a horror movie you're looking forward to. That's not Pearl. Ooh, okay. Because uh, you're going to say Pearl. And then I'll kick it over to Mark and I for the end. Um, well, yeah, I probably would have said Pearl as like the next one for sure. Or, well, well, or Barbarian too. But well, I'll get to that. Um, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Please check out my writing for both Ward's Radar and Looper. And uh, horror movie I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm curious about the Edgar Allan Poe movie that Scott Cooper is directing for Netflix. Oh, The Pale Blue Eyes. Yes, with uh, Christian Bale. Picture just came out earlier today. Apparently, Harry Melling is playing Poe, which I think is kind of fascinating. Yes, I recently realized that because I embarrassingly thought this movie was The Bluest Eye, the book we a lot of us had to read in like elementary school. Sure. Uh, so I was like, I'm not interested in that. That doesn't seem like a Scott Cooper movie. But now that it's like basically a better version of uh, The Raven. Yeah, yeah. Which I kind of had hopes for because I like Cusack. And like that movie wasn't atrocious. It was just wildly forgettable. Well, and it's also so, the guy who directed um, V for Vendetta. So it definitely should have been something. Yeah, that movie just got lost in the shuffle of like, I think that was also like a troubled production. Yeah, I remember that. Made for a long time. So there was just, it didn't get the love it needed. This movie, at least Netflix, you know, provides the money. After that, it's all, all on the rest of you. Uh, it's a good pick. That might have been my pick. I don't even know. I don't even know if I have a, a movie. Well, because you've seen like Barbarian and stuff. Barbarian is the pick. You know what? I'm going to cheat before I say where I can be followed and you can do your thing and say Barbarian because it's not out yet, I will watch it again. It's so much fun. Nice. Um, I'm surprised it's not at TIFF and like the Midnight Madness section. You know what? Then you know what? uh, Since I technically should pick one that's not out yet, VHS 99. Oh, there you go. Because I've, I, okay, here's, here's my, here's one of my requests for 30. So two months ahead of time, when you do your 31 days of Halloween again, one of the things you have to watch is VHS 92 or whatever it was, the last one. Uh, 84, wasn't it? 84? Yeah, yeah, whatever the last one was. Because I think you will like it more because it is gnarly and wild. 
Uh, okay. Just to mix it up. Remind me, but yeah, I can probably, if it's streaming anywhere. I, uh, it might be on, I think it's a shutter original. It might be on shutter. Oh, well then that'll be perfect. I'll be doing a lot of shutter stuff. Cause I haven't seen a lot of their originals. Okay. I mean, shutter, shutter will be a big resource for you. Yeah. Um, actually now I'm actually, I'm, well, I mean, we can, we can do this another time, but I'm actually curious what shutter is rocking. Uh, there's, because... there's a couple on there. I've already started sort of researching ahead to see what's streaming where, but they got like, they had one that just came out called glorious, which is Ryan Quanton in like a motel bathroom. And like JK Simmons is the voice of a Lovecraftian mo- monster on the other side of a glory yeah. hole. So I, oh, <laughs> Jesus, um, love it. So I just pulled up Shutter VHS ninety four is the one I'm saying I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. um, and that is a Shutter a Shutter original I believe. Well, there you go. So j- join free to to stream VHS ninety four. So you're in, um, and ninety nine is coming coming now, which is also a VHS, uh, which is also a Shutter. So actually, when is VHS ninety nine coming out? You might be able to watch that one too. There you go. Let's see. Uh, they don't say yet. But I imagine it's going to. What was I mean, if it's playing at the festival? It has to be at. Oh wait, wait. We'll release in North America October twentieth. There you go. Um, what um, no what was the one in the middle? Was it VHS Viral, the third one? Yeah. So VHS. Because I saw the first all... two, but I don't think I saw Viral or anything after. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I've seen all of them. I saw VHS, and and like we had said, I think we might have talked about it last week. It's fine. The um the Joe Swanberg segment is all right. That's the one like in the hotel, I think, right, with the guy with the knife who like who like stabs him in the, in the neck. There's the girl who turns into like a vampire. That's the one I remember from it. Yeah, they don't. I don't think there was like an awful segment. I don't think there was a like standout. It's amazing. Right. The sequel VHS two, which I saw at Sundance that year when it was still called SVHS, which was a way better title. Before they're like nobody knows what this means. Um. That one has the uh, that wild, wild segment. Well, the one from uh, Gareth Evans. That's a really good one. That's the best out of any of them I've seen. Yeah, that one goes like so off the rails in the best way. Uh, VHS viral. I don't remember any segment from. So that's not good. And um, the last one, what did I say? 94, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that one has several good segments. So there's the one I started to tell you about with Ratma in the in like the storm drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, The that they think is like homeless people, but it's like this giant rat thing. It's short too. It's a real quick hit. Love that one. There's a ghost one that's all on like tripod type things, like in a funeral home. That's pretty, that's, that's got a lot of tension to it. There's a like right, right wing, like paramilitia thing where they have a, some sort of monster going on thing. That's interesting. And their other one that I think you'll appreciate is I forget what country it's from, but, there's a mad scientist basically making like robot men monsters. Oh, and then the military breaks in to like shut him down and they get attacked by robot men monsters. Okay. Fair enough. That's as out there as I almost think it might be the same filmmaker. Um, I'm going to check that while you tell me where you can be followed. I already did. Oh, um, I guess I was thinking about my pick while you did that. You got through that quicker than usual. Yeah. Uh, so while I look it up, I'll double check and I'll, I'll say you can find me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. You can um, check out Awards Radar on several things. 
you can now momentarily hear Mark Johnson and I, who, by the way, Mark likes movies. We didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, you can find him at Mark Likes Movies, um, at Awards Daily, and uh, puttering around his house right now while he recovers, uh, talking about Telluride. So also uh, wishes on, on a speedy recovery for him. We talked a little bit about it. He had a, he had a mild stroke, so he's not going to Telluride. Um, smartly. Like, let's, let's very clearly put that out. He is uh, smart to be taking time off, but I understand that he's, you know, bummed. Yeah, all the best to you, buddy. Exactly. Uh, so momentarily, we'll, we'll cut to that. I will say uh, Timo Tijanto is the one who does the crazy segment here. He did a segment in VHS 2 that was different. He okay. might have done the... I'll tell you which segment it was, if they tell me on it. He did Safe Haven. Which one is that? Which, I'm looking at the titles. The titles will help us, I think. Uh, let's see. So Simon Barrett did Tape 49. Doesn't help me. Jason Eisner did Slumber Party, Alien Massacre. Gareth Evans. Oh, he co-directed Safe Haven with Gareth Edwards. Oh, there you go. There you go. So he co-directed that segment and he did this one and it's just as gnarly. Gotcha. That's what it is. So there you go. That should sell you. Okay. That'll work. All right. And on that note, we're going to talk Telluride with Mark and uh, we will see you at the movies. Uh, Miles will be off next week and then he'll be back. For our uh, post-TIFF chat where he can get mildly frustrated that I'm talking about movies he can't see. Yay, my favorite part of the year. Will you be will be will you be more annoyed or less annoyed if I love the whale or if I'm like it's kind of whatever? Because I know that's the one of the group that you're made. Then like now Empire of Light. Yeah, the well, yeah, both of them. I think I'll probably be more disappointed because like if you say it's whatever, then I don't have anything to look forward to. True. So, fingers crossed yeah. that all these movies are great. We should always say that yeah. going into the season before they start, you know, landing like carpet bombs. So, exactly. there's always going to be some punching bags. But as we saw with the Eyes of Tammy Faye, even the punching bags can win two Oscars. I mean, uh, I, t- I told you, I think. I Yeah, I'd seen it like a couple of weeks beforehand. And I was like, I don't know what to make of this. Parts of it are good. Parts of it are not good. I don't feel like people are going to watch it. But I also don't think it's not a player. And. God, I kind of aced it. <laughs> yeah. Which never never bet against like half-hearted having it both ways. All right. We will uh, see you guys in the movies, Miles. I will talk to you in two weeks. Enjoy your enjoy your week off. And uh, hopefully you'll get a movie in as well. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Um, when is Barbarian for you? Uh, I will probably have seen Barbarian by the time I'm next on. Excellent. Very excited to talk about Barbarian. Can't wait. Excellent. In the meantime, everyone stay safe. See you at the movies. Take care. Bye, y'all. Yes, we're uh, joined now for a little bit by Mark Johnson, all the way from the middle of nowhere where he lives. Mark, how are you? Hey, Joey. I'm good. How are you today? I'm all right. Yeah? Not quite. Only a little stressed about the festival. So we know we're recording this a couple days in advance. Um, More importantly, how are you feeling? Because you uh, had a health bout. Yeah. Uh, about a month ago, actually tomorrow, uh, I had a stroke and uh, doing all right now, though, um, you know, physically, in t- internally, you know, some messed up uh, blood vessels and things like that. But I feel fine, just uh, not able to fly. And so I'll be missing uh, Telluride this year, which it's your first year going, right? Yeah. 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 So it's the first year. Yeah. So you got to be excited about that. Mostly. I mean, yeah. I, I was talking to you off air a little bit that I'm 
because they don't tell you what's playing and you, you basically <laughs> just go by. All right, Toronto says this is a Canadian premiere. It's going to tell you. Right. This says it's a this. It's not. You're kind of making a guess and then they reveal what they have and you, you know, you go from there. So you, because of the financial aspect of it, it is the most expensive film festival. You, you kind of want to justify its existence. But part of the reason I wanted you on was to talk about why it is uh, worth doing in the first place. Besides, For you sure. know, or in spite of the money. Uh, right. But yeah, it is a shame that you uh, can't make it. But I, I figured, you know, flying is not a uh, flying will not be your friend for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think they recommended like three months, uh, three to six months yeah. not flying. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think I remember, you know, because both of my grandparents eventually uh, died from this. So you did better than that. Oh, man. Um, Sorry, but man. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think what well, to to your credit of. You know, you said one of your one of your kids quickly was like, something's yeah. up with that. I'm going to call the, you know, that was what happened with my grandfather. He had a couple of small ones, which as you're now learning, small ones are not the end of the world if you are aware of them. Yeah. But if someone's like, yeah, I'm fine. Nothing happened. Uh, that's not good. That eventually leads to a big one. And then that is uh, troublesome. So, you know, right. as you're learning, everything is about preventing a big one. Right. Yep. They got me on all sorts of medication and. Hoping to be uh, ready for next year at the 50th, tell you right. So. Yeah. No, they. I think I remember a lot of things were like three to six months of, you know, don't do things if you can help it. Right. Or or like, don't be, a, like, not necessarily don't be alone, but I'm sure besides the flying, like, don't travel somewhere on your own for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. It's, in, just in case. Yeah, don't lift heavy items. Don't, uh, no contact sports, which no worries. I'm 44, so we're past yeah, that. I was about to say, <laughs> we're past that was that was a very quick conversation on lifting things in heavy sports, right? Right. <laughs> right. You're like I pay people to do that at this point. Mm-hmm. It is ironic. I my my new glove came for Mets fantasy camp oh, in November, nice. Nice. and I'm like breaking it in because I know I'm not going to use it until camp, <laughs> and I'm just like. I'm really banking on everyone being like 60 and not being able to move for right. me to have any uh, level of success here, but we'll see. Right, right. Um, so yeah, so you, this this would have been what, your fifth or sixth year going? This would have been my seventh. Seventh year, yeah. Because I remember you, yeah, you, you, like a year before you went, you started to crave this one. Like what put it on your radar besides just, you know, we knew of it as a, as a place? Yeah, I honestly, I think, I think the main thing that put it on my radar was just the success that it was having with the Oscar race and, and the best picture winner playing there for, you know, a consecutive stretch. But it also kind of made sense because most of our staff was either in New York or LA when we were on award circuit together and New York had yeah. lots of festivals and LA had lots of festivals, like AFI and whatnot. So as the Midwest guy, kind of, kind of became like a, well, how about I go there? Right. And, you know, yeah. and it's like you mentioned, it's expensive. Um, so, you know, um, that came, that, I think that was part of it too, was uh, Word Circuit, you know, allowing me to kind of foot some of the bill there. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the main draw. I, I just, I'd never been west of Texas. So getting over to Colorado would have been a fun experience. And, you know, I, the first year I went, 2015, that's the year of Spotlight. I honestly did not expect to go back. So, you know, the fact yeah. that I've been to five others since then, I've basically been there every year since 2015, aside from the pandemic year, 2020, when it was canceled. Um, so this will be my first time, the first Telluride without me since 2014. So, you know, it's kind of been, uh, you know, one of those things like, I, you know, I know the place like the back of my hand. I wish I wish I could be there to 
show you some of the cool stuff and, and uh, you know, the butcher and the baker, I think is one of the restaurants where I would highly recommend getting breakfast and, you know, mm -hmm. telling you things like stay as close to the Palm and the Herzog as you can. Those are on opposite ends of Colorado Avenue, but um, they're, that's where, you know, if you can stay in that range, you know, you'll see, a, you'll see a lot of the good ones. Yeah. I, uh, I believe I'm close to one of those. I'm not going to give my address on this, <laughs> right. but I'm looking it up right now as we talk just to confirm, because I believe that's what I had uh, seen, because when I was looking, I didn't, uh, you know, as as you so know, I had initial plans to go, and then they got waylaid, like yeah. much of my life, right. and then going again, it was, well, I'm kind of out of luck, unless I can find something, and most of the things available towards, this was like August, I think, are in uh, Mountainville Village, or Mountain View, or whatever, which is yeah. fine, but also, I think... From what I kind of understood, for a first time, it's maybe better to not have to, like, yeah. traverse another town to get there. Yeah, it's a little... Also... It, it's a gondola a ride away from the main village, but it's, you know, then you gotta... It's harder... You're gonna want to be able to stop in at your place in the rare moments you have some time, so being that far away would be rough, but you're... I think you're closer to the Herzog area, if you if I remember. I, right. Yeah, I am near yeah. Beaver Pond. Yeah, so that'll that's a nice place to be, uh, you know. Um, there's the every Labor Day, so Telluride Film Festival takes place the weekend of Labor Day, and on Labor Day is when the festival ends, and they have this really nice picnic at uh, the schoolyard there, uh, right outside the Herzog, and so that's a nice that's a nice location to be. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what's so. For people who don't know, it's a slightly different process than other festivals. I mean, yeah. most of the time, you know, like the week after I'm going to Toronto. Toronto, we knew the lineup yeah. a month ago almost. You know, you the publicists know the schedule. A couple weeks after that, you start to get like sort of hints about when things are playing. They send you the schedule, I think, last week. I Late last week I had it. So you can kind of build your schedule and plan yes. out, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to see seven things here and die. You know, I'm going to have a, right. a light day today. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Right. You have your conflicts, all that stuff. Tell you right. You kind of, you go in very much blind. <laughs> yeah, you basically very. really only have like two days worth of movies, like two full days of movies. Cause from, yeah. I, like I'm leaving yeah. on Sunday just cause it's okay. expensive. Yeah. And I know Sundays when I think you even said like, yeah, people start to leave on Sunday. It's fine. Yep. Um, like Sunday and Monday seem to be catch up days. Like, okay, if I right. am seeing everything and I missed X, but I saw Y, I can catch up on this on, on that day. And you, you might see some people. Right. Um, so how do you, how did you plan it out when you first got there compared to now? Because I'm sure you, you know, you know, some of the tricks now, like I know, yeah. you know, you have a couple of, uh, skip the line tickets essentially. So you need to right. use them for certain things. There's, there's little things that you learn as you go, which yeah. I think people might find fascinating just cause it is a, it's a very insular festival. It's not really meant for people to know much about oddly they don't like pictures being taken they really don't want you to say anything about it except that it's good right uh yeah so the first year that i went um i didn't really know what to expect other than that we wouldn't know the films till we got there and uh even when you know the films you don't know the order or times until you know you get your badge and you get checked in and they give you like a program and um 
so yeah, it became an interesting, like you didn't, I didn't know where the theaters were located, what was by what, you know, what was within walking distance of another. So kind of had to figure that whole part out. Now, luckily I, I typically fly in the day before it starts. So um, the festival kicks off traditionally on a Friday. So Thursday we get in, we get our badge and we have that evening to kind of look at, you know, where, how do I line this up to where I can see as many of these big players as possible um but it, it's definitely it's kind of one of my favorite parts of the festival to be honest is like the strategic planning of how do i make this work yeah, yeah. uh i got lucky my first year there i ran into uh sasha stone met her you know for the first time uh, at the first screening and then um i'm very particular and, and strategic and she's kind of very laid back so she just kind of stuck with me the whole time first i was the first time yeah. i was clinging to her to like help me out here i don't know what i'm doing and then by the you know day two it was like okay here's what we're doing um so yeah. i i know uh clarence and sasha are going to be representing awards daily there and they already mentioned hey do you mind if we call you and you can help us plan it <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's so that's I'm yeah like, Heck yeah bring it so yeah because yeah. you can't see everything there's no. what like i'm trying to think i don't remember what the number is but it's it's a surprisingly decent amount of films for the small amount of locations and you know yeah. compact time but like if it's Let's say thirty felt. Yeah, I think it's it maybe more. Maybe it. Yeah, you can probably see six. Let's say maybe more if you spread it out. But like, especially if you kind of come back two days of movies, six. You, in... you should probably plan in two to three days. Okay, so I usually you know, you I usually get about eleven or twelve in. Well, you're also there. The but I'm there. Yeah, I but, am there uh, all of Sunday. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think fr- so. Like Friday and Saturday is the prime like first run days, essentially. Yeah, especially so how, do you, how did you usually? Yeah. So did yeah. you the first year more see what other people were seeing, or did you, what were your calculations? No, you. That's you know you kind of you kind of know you know we we talk about these movies you know for the last few yeah. months coming into it, so you know which ones once you hear what is there. And again, you have a good idea by deduction, like you mentioned, of what's world premiering or even, uh, you know, if they say, uh, inter- you know, uh, I forget what it is, but, Toronto, you know, Nora Canadian premiere or something like that, you know. Yeah, so the way, the yeah. way Toronto, Toronto is how everyone strategizes because world yeah. premiere means it's the first run there. Canadian premiere means it will be in North America first. North America right. means it's played at Cannes or Venice, right. Berlin. Uh, and we also yeah. we also pay attention a little bit to New York, I believe. It's, uh, I think the New York slate is usually a lot of films have been they, announced for that too, right? Yeah, but they're 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 in the last year or two less in the way of world premieres. Like um, yeah, Macbeth was the was the big one last year. Right, I might but, be missing another one, but yeah, this year I don't think any of the three are world premieres though. Right, but it could say you know Telluride or Toronto could say Canadian premiere, and you're like, oh, we might be getting that Telluride, and then you find out it's True. New York. There's the North American premiere, and you're like, ah, shoot, that means we're not getting it. So, you know, that's it, true. It, you know, you use the festivals to kind of deduce, which I know a lot of people are, you know, frustrated that we don't know in advance, but it's kind of part of the magic of Telluride is, is that surprise and, no, you know, finding out what the secret patron screening is that happens Friday afternoon to kick it off. Yeah, which, do you remember what that tends to have been? Yeah. That's one of those ones I don't know a ton about. Yeah. I don't know so, if that's a bigger film or if that's like a. You know, good that it's here, but don't right. you know hold your breath for it to be massive. It's been a mix uh, since I've gone. So the of the six, um, twenty fifteen was I can't remember I forget the specific title, but I think it's he named me Malala, or he called yeah, me yeah, Malala. Yeah. Um, documentary, yeah, documentary about Malala. 
And then 2016 was a huge one. It was La La Land, right? Yeah. And then 2017 was uh, Downside, Downsizing? Is that the name of the movie with Matt Sorry. Damon? Sorry to hear it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, right. It was. Can I can I tell you that Bruce Dern, who loves Alexander Payne, yeah, and this is no one brag about this, but I mean, no one's going to really talk about it. In one of the conversations I had with him, like, you know, he he's he's said in interviews with me and other people, he's one of like the six geniuses he's worked with, right? Yeah, and he like he you know he worked with Laura, like he know he know he's on the ball for being you know in his eighties. Right. We were talking about something, and I said, and then he made this move, and then he made um, downsizing, and he went. Which sucks. Oh. And I was like, oh, I, I love that you're honest with me about it. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like, you know, if you're Alexander Payne, aside from that first Venice review that was like, it's the best movie of the year, pretty much everyone else was like, sir, <laughs> yeah, right. this movie's not good. Yeah, was, I still remember it, so little of it. Yeah, it was, it was kind of forgettable. 20, yeah. 2018 bounced back, though, with my favorite movie of that year, which was First Man. Uh, mm. And then 20- I'm sensing a pattern. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> 2019 was Ford v. Ferrari. Okay. 2020 didn't happen. And then 2021 was uh, Encounter with Riz Ahmed. So, you know, three are pretty big and three are kind of not so big. So, Do you remember yeah. they were – La La Land had played at Venice, right? Yes. Yep. La La Land played Venice. And First Man, I don't remember. For, I think First Man and Ford v. Ferrari were, were world premieres. Yeah, they, they fucked over Toronto in those senses. Yeah, I believe they were. I, I don't yeah. remember. But yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, that's that's the interesting thing with trying to figure out. Yeah. This one, it leads people to think about um, um, uh, Babylon, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, it's too big. Yeah. Like, it's such a big movie. Um, by the way, did I ever tell you I read the script? Oh, no. no. The movie is wild. Okay. Don't tell me anything. It's his. It, it's his Wolf of Wall Street. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Yeah, it I heard. Is, I heard it's I, like three hours long or so. So yeah, they they definitely are cutting that movie down from like the yeah the script was like 190 pages and had a lot of things that they can't possibly film. Okay. So I'm sure when when it happened, you know, they cut out like some of the more X-rated stuff. But it's it's something I think you'd like it. When okay. the time goes. Well, yeah, I'm sure I will. I love everything but he's yeah. made. But that's so. oh yeah, that's the that's the, I think people's like big hope which won't happen. But. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of good, there's a lot of things that are likely to play there that uh, I would be very excited about. Um, do, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Which ones are you, which ones are you thinking? So Empire Light seems very, Oh, likely. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the one that I'd be probably most excited about because uh, Sam Mendes is pretty badass. 1917 was my favorite movie of uh, 2019. Um, so I'd be, mm. I'd be pretty excited going in for that. Um, gotta like Sarah Polly for women talking. I'm sure that'll go there. Tar and Bardu. Yeah, seems... yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think, I think those, they, no one said anything, but enough people have been like, yeah, that's going that those yeah. seem like safe bets. I remember there was, I think it might've been the Venice programmer, the same one who was yeah. like, oh, we wanted, right. we wanted Spielberg and he yeah. went to Toronto. I think he said, um, I think so it, too. Is it, Bardo, Tar, and Bones and All. Yeah, the three Bones. that he mentioned. Yeah, those are the those are the ones that are definitely very likely to go there, just based on not only you know that that guy that leaked some of it and then uh, phrasing. Well, they're at Venice, right? They're at Venice, but yep. they're early in Venice. Yeah, so that's the other key that people have to pay attention to is 
they tend not to screw over Venice. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah. Bob, I don't know. But uh, Toronto, they, they'll jump the line on. But Venice, like, if you see something isn't playing in Venice until the festival's over, it ain't going. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. good assessment. It's a it. fair, yeah. fair rule of thumb. Um, also, yeah. there's usually, like, a couple of solid um, international contenders yeah. that usually go. Oh, yeah. Um, which is helpful because Toronto basically put them all at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, like the very first day I'm there is an immediate conflict between broker and decision to leave. Oh, so, okay. As long as one goes to Telluride, I'm like, I'm fine. I think broker was a strong contender for Telluride. I don't know if decision to leave. I can't remember what the verbiage on that one was, but yeah, I don't remember either. I yeah. haven't heard anything about that one going many places. Just like, yeah. I think the the way they described Armageddon time for New York, being like it's not in the top three, it's a special presentation, makes me think that that might go to Telluride. Okay. I don't know if James Gray has ever gone before. Um, uh, not, not that I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. but it's also been a, you know, he world premiered at New York with um, Lost City of Z. And was there an, did he make one in between that? Uh, yeah. Ad Astra that went oh, nowhere. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it did. did. That was a summer release. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken for theaters, maybe, S- maybe right before the, maybe right before the festivals, like, late, yeah. like August, September. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause that was, cause we all were just puzzled by like, wait, this movie is good. Why are you not doing anything for it? And then I got that one nomination without any campaigning and everyone got madder. Like, Oh, so we, <laughs> it could have gotten things. Yeah. Good to know. Thank you. Glad that you did nothing for it. Um, what else? Um, I know of some like smaller things, but that's yeah. not really what people are, you know, caring about. Like I know Herzog has a documentary there. Yeah, that'll um, anything Herzog will play there. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm like, I feel like I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. He goes. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest. One of the biggest. Uh, or actually, probably the biggest theater there is named after Herzog. So. Exactly. Um. I think The Wonder is another one that's likely. Yeah, I which think so too. might be a Netflix movie. A Netflix is a weird one because they yeah. usually have a big presence, and at the moment, it seems like only Bardo is like their top tier. Like, I would have thought Blonde would have been likely, but you hear nothing about it. Yeah, right. Um, it's really only at Venice. It's not at New York. It's not at Toronto. Like, they're weird about that movie. And then there's a weird rumor about uh, uh, White Noise. That like it got turned down or something like that, which yeah. I don't know that I don't buy that kind of stuff because they have such a strong relationship that I don't think yeah. they get turned down. I feel like they could say like, no, no, it's playing like you program it however you want, but we're taking it. I think it's more maybe someone, maybe New York made a, a bigger play of like, oh, come on, you got to You got to you got to like help us out here. That seems more likely. Yeah. But yeah, you never know. I mean, I I'll be at enough places that I'm not super worried about it. It's more about once you're there, figuring out how to how to like budget your time so you see enough right. of the things that are, you know, like for example, I think um, the Bill Nye movie Living will probably be there. Yeah, that'd which be nice. Is going nice everywhere. Okay. Because there's always like because yeah because that's one of those ones that it was at Sundance. Yeah. And it sounded very dry, and I just I don't remember when it was. I probably could have seen it. Yeah. But um, so if you remember, Sundance was virtual. Like at okay. the last minute, okay. Because uh, I was planning on going. My the person I was dating at the time, her one of her best friends lived in Park City. Oh wow! So it was like, oh wait, 
I can just, I have a place to stay for Sundance until the end of time. Great. We're doing this. Um, and then like right around the time that she started saying like, are you guys sure you're going to come? Like we will have you, but are you sure you want to be traveling? Like shortly after that was that first rumor about, yeah. I think they're not going to have it. And then a couple days later, like, nope, we're virtual. So we went up to um, the lake house that my ex had, had gotten recently. And we, were, we had just sort of made it livable. And I did the festival there as if I was out of town, you know, just like sat on the couch and watched as many things as possible. But at a certain point, you also were like, I don't want to watch one more thing. It's not, in a, it's not in a position to succeed. Like there are movies yeah. that I've told people about this also. People who don't do this as often. I mean, you... You've been watching movies a long time, longer than <laughs> but Probably. doing it this way may be a little different. But yeah, right. even you, like, at a certain point, you are not being fair to a movie if it's, like, the fifth or sixth movie of the day. I know. Or, for sure. you know, with these with these virtual festivals, you can sometimes, like, Sundance, you had, I think, a three-day window to watch it. So, you know, I watched a couple of things in the middle of the night just because I was like, oh, before bed, I'll watch that, and then I'll, you know, I'll do the review the next day. Like, sure. living would not have been fair. Like, the, the two-hour, like, remake of... Uh, the sick man dying movie that's <laughs> not in anyone's interest to watch in the middle of the night. Also yeah. this, you would have, you would appreciate this more than miles when I talk about it. It was also the playoffs. Like oh, I got football yeah. to watch. Right. Like uh, I wasn't going to miss like the Bengals chiefs <laughs> to watch a living. I don't care how good it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Oh yeah. You, which, you know, there's a balancing act when you're at a festival because you've, especially with, um, the Telluride, you've paid right. to get the badge, which is its own thing. I hate it. Yeah. Kind of, I've, I've protested it for years, finally won me over, and then you don't go. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, just everything about it is yeah. expensive. Yeah. So you're like, I want to see 15 movies, which is great. Right. But I can't you have that. to. No. <laughs> I can't. My, my, I, cap is, my cap is four in a day. Anything yeah, more I think, before, I think I'm like you said, I'm probably doing an injustice to the film. Yeah. In a in a in a bubble, like yeah. wake up, go to a movie is fine, you know, nine or ten o'clock, whatever yep. the whatever thing. That's fine. You could probably do another one. But at a certain point one you need to eat. Because yep. then you're you're just you start thinking about food and then you're done. And then there's another one. Then you either need to eat dinner or sometimes there's events, you know, especially at these things. If you can eat for free, you want to eat for free. So, you know, if, if someone's sure. hosting a dinner, you're like, I would like to go to that. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe you get one more. Like, these, like, five or six movie days, yeah, not, they never they never benefit. Yeah, I, yeah. I I did a five or a six at Sundance the year I went with Terrence. And my last movie was Upstream Color. Oh, gosh. The Shane Carruth movie that made no sense if you saw it. As your first movie of the day, <laughs> and I sw- I swear my brain crawled out of my ear and looked at me during it, and just was like, "What is going on? Why are we here?" Uh, I, the next day was this will tell you this is also dated interestingly. Like Stoker was the like morning oh, premiere. Yeah. Okay, and I woke up and went, "It's coming out in three weeks." Fuck it, <laughs> and yeah, went back to sleep. I was I'm like, surprised. "I'm surprised." That doesn't sound, seem like a festival type movie, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. They were. Yeah, the way they did it the year I went was. Sort of in the way that Toronto has the you know their big like gala screenings at night, and then the next day is the the public sc- the P and I screening. You know, Telluride doesn't really do it that way because everyone's in the same group. But a lot of these festivals, you know, you get that like late at night review, and then the rest of the critics see it the next day. They they were doing that with their you know the big Eccles Theater, which is a gym. 
People forget about that. It's a high school auditorium you're watching these movies in. Yeah. Some it's them, awful. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's where you would see um, Before Midnight or The Spectacular Now. Those were all, like, things that year. Um, and then the next day in the morning would be whatever was the night before. So it was a mix. Like, I saw The Spectacular Now there. I saw Don John there when it was still called Don John's Addiction. But then they also had movies that you definitely never saw. Like, there was a, was a Shia LaBeouf movie called The Necessary Death of Charlie Countryman. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That came, that yeah. came out as Charlie Countryman and six people saw. Yeah, um, I never saw it, but I remember there, that. Yeah, there was that Jessica Biel movie, The Truth About Fishes. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, it's a, it's a meat market. Yeah. Um, like, Prince, Prince Avalanche that year. That was the year of um, Fruitvale. Oh, okay. Uh, Fruitvale yeah. Station. Right. So you, you, you just, yes, yeah, Stoker being that morning, you're like, okay. That's not super important. That's where that's where being able to plan your festival is helpful. Tell your rod you're making split second decisions. So you're like, uh, women talking. No, broker. Women right. talking. Right. At a certain point, I imagine you also sometimes are just following friends. Like, oh, everyone's going to Tar instead Somewhat, of Yeah. It just it depends because sometimes there's movies playing at the same time, and perhaps you might. Uh, prioritize one over the other, and then so then you guys are thrown off from there. Like one one oh, yeah. separate showing can throw off the schedule from there. But one of the things I recommend, by the way, is um, and I didn't learn this I think till the second, maybe third year, but I think second. They have a local grocery store. It's expensive, yes. but you would do yourself a favor to buy. And I don't know if you like peanut butter or anything like that, but I buy you know bread, peanut butter, honey, whatever, and I make sandwiches so that I can eat at the movie because you do not have time to stop and eat. Uh, yeah. You, that's my, yep. you eat breakfast my plan, before. <laughs> yeah. My plan was to, when I get there on Thursday, right? Yeah. Cause Thursday's night before I'll pick up my, my badge and all that. Yep. And then I was going to go to the store and grab my, yes. my like essentials. Cause I always tend to do like Airbnb style as opposed to a hotel anyway, like at Toronto. You know, there's there's tons of fast food. Unlike Telluride, I confirm right. there's no fast food. There's um, one. Which, there's one that that's, place that's like a and like a burger joint. I can't remember what it's yeah, called. But which yeah, which can't can't do that every day. Nope. You know, I listen. I had way too much Subway. Yeah. In, Tellur- in Toronto, just because right. also last year, still COVID, and you know Canada was way more hardcore about everything. So th- some things were closed. Some things were closed early. Like the world kind of shut down. Right. Except Subway. Subway was open 24 hours. <laughs> so there was – there were a couple times I was like, I guess I'm getting a tuna sandwich. Like right. it's fine. But yeah, you don't eat well at film festivals. I, I did decently well last year because I took my ex and it was – well, treat this like a vacation. So, you know, in the evening we would go out to dinner. Okay. Here, I don't know how you are, but for me when I'm alone, I tend not to go out to eat. It just isn't fun. Yeah. Like you just sit alone at a restaurant. Yeah. I always feel like I'm wasting the waiter's time. I know they want my tip, but like at the same time, like, I don't know. I can go get it myself. You can sit here. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm planning on going to the supermarket yeah. and getting like beverages and right. snack related stuff and maybe some like frozen food for the, uh, for the, for the, apart- the apartment and then whatever I can take with me on the way and just sort of exist. Makes sense. Then you, you know, yeah, you worry about like parties and stuff if you can. That's the, that's the reason, honestly, people, that we go to these parties at these festivals is to eat. It's not it's not so much to be like, oh, Sony, we're so happy to talk to your vice president of distribution. It's like, no, you've got food there. Like, we're hungry. 
<laughs> they know that it happens. Right. Um, yeah. It's, that's true. Yeah. It'll be interesting this year just because of there's some long movies like tar is two and a half hours long and that's going to be something I want to see. But how is that going to mess my schedule? You know, we, that's always a, a thing. Like I imagine I'm trying to think what the longest movie I know was at Telluride was a couple of three hour jobs there, right? Over the years. I want to say it was boyhood there. Boyhood might've been there. Like, I think I feel boyhood. like blue is the warmest color might've been there. You know, like these movies yeah. that are like real long. Yeah. And we've had, some it, it's a, sh- yeah, it's a shame to not want to go see something because of the length. And it's not that you don't want to see it. It's that, yeah, you're like, am I sacrificing two movies to go right. see this? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And there, there is something weird about, okay, I won't do it. But then you're like, okay, well, now I got nothing to do. Or I'm only stuck with a movie that I don't care about. And, like, that's not a bad thing. Like, go to it. Maybe you'll love it. But yep. you, you don't want to be... Right. Exactly. You don't want to be direct. You don't want to feel like you have to see something you don't want to. That's not also not fair to a movie. You know, you, you sit there and you're like, like, you know, if you just never like Inyari 2, you're, you're, you know, and you go to Bardo and you didn't see something you wanted to see more, you're going to fight that movie the whole time. Right. Because it's going to be like, I could have been watching. I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent would be. You know, women talking. <laughs> I could have been seeing, right. could have been seeing, uh, you know, Armageddon time. I could have been watching Babylon, you know, something like that. Uh, so we will see. But, you know, once it's, once it's over, it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be good, I'm sure. Because that's the other thing you just mentioned, like time to write. You still got to review everything you see. Yeah, that's the hardest part is finding that time. Yeah. Well, this is, okay. this is especially this festival. You're going essentially to jump the line of Toronto. Right. Because no one's going to Venice. Like no one realistically is going to Venice unless you're being sent by a large corporation. Right. Like can't, can't go to Venice. You, I mean, you could, but like, that's a, that's an ask. So you're, you're essentially getting some of Venice and some of Toronto. So you do also need to prioritize seeing things people want to read about. So you may, you may be a huge, like, Oh, I got Holy spider is the movie I want to see most this year. But if tar is the same time, Right. I have a feeling more people are interested in like Todd Field made a movie finally. Oh sure, right. I mean, and I know Kate, I am Jesus. Kate Blanchett, yeah. Kate Blanchett, and that movie looks like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm, about I'm it. very curious about that. One. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. It, I'm sure she'll be good. I'm sure it'll be really well crafted. I, I do wonder if it's going to be a hard watch or not. Like he doesn't make easy movies, and this seems like a lot. And I heard that like essentially he's <laughs> tough on set so it's gonna be it'll be interesting but then there's something like and then we'll, we can wrap up like yeah. bones and all i don't tend to like guadagnino but yeah. like this premise sounds better sounds a lot better than a lot of things he's made over the years yeah my thing is he feels pretentious yeah i'm, I'm curious about yeah. that one whether that'll be uh just a, a fun movie or if it's got awards potential like it's i'm real curious it feels like it's caught in the middle yeah that's what it feels there's a, like which is which is the the hard calculation when you do do something that involves awards the, the like ugh, it's right caught in the middle same with like you know a lot of these movies like the woman king at toronto that movie seems like it's right in the middle of like it could be an awards movie but it also could just could be like a yeah not quite a mainstream action movie but like a movie that was spent on, you know sony uh, you know sony spent money on because they thought it would make them money right you know they they saw black, black panther and went the Dormelage. What if we found the real version of that and made a movie? 
you know, that's that's real uh, whittled down from why a movie was made. But, you know, someone there wrote a check because of that. Right. We're we're not dumb. But, you know, time will tell. But we will see what happens. Yeah. And I'm sure you will be following along oh, yeah. uh, vicariously. Absolutely. And Have a great time. Yeah, hopefully get some rest. Right. Yeah. Travel safe. I, yes, sir. I have a 6.30 flight on Thursday morning. And bring uh, bring some ibuprofen. Yeah. The it's going to be... Thin. Yeah, getting there tired when the air is thin, you're going to be... I'm going to be beat. And then I leave on Sunday. And then Wednesday, up to Toronto. So... Jeez. That's it's going to be a thing. That's, that is a... Yeah, gonna, that's a tough run. But a lot of it's fun. It's a... Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it better be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tor- Toronto will be interesting. It's just all conflicts right now. You have the, like, couple of things you know you need to see, like Fablemans and the Whale... And then everything else is like, well, I hope I can see it. Right. You know, I would I would love if one of the things that they don't talk about playing that ends up playing Tiger Red ends up being like the Martin McDonough movie or the Florian Zeller movie, The Sun or Banshee's sure. Vanish Sharon. Because sure. they're playing at the same damn time. Oh. <laughs> like oh. in Toronto. I hate when they do that. But yep. time will tell. So as I see uh, Belfast playing in the background of my television <laughs> on mute, it's a great way to wrap up our Tiger Red conversation. Absolutely. And more will come. We'll, uh, you know, obviously you'll be back on when it gets, we have more to talk about awards wise though. Absolutely. You'll be behind, it'll be like old times. You'll be behind schedule <laughs> yeah, again. Be behind everybody going, what, what about this? What about that? You got Look, so complacent with your like, well, well, I've seen Belfast and, and y'all <laughs> haven't. Oh, you were so happy when you saw December something as a release date on these movies. <laughs> Christmas release. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, not, not, not were, this year. <laughs> no, when last year when you when yeah. it was like, oh, I saw Belfast and Spencer and Red Rocket, all these movies you want to talk about. Yeah, right. right. You're gonna be you're gonna be telling me about uh, Top Gun. Right. <laughs> you're like that one's still in play, right? Oh, Top Gun. Right, right. It's great. I mean, listen, I think Top Gun's getting nominated. Really? Okay. I, I mean, yeah. I, can I mean, see it, but do you have ten movies that are, do you have ten movies worthy of Best Picture right now? I at this point, it's. Things I haven't seen, so it's hard to say. Yeah, exactly. There's two movies that have come out that have any chance. It's that yeah. and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, every, and, that's in my time right now. Yeah, well, that one they're going to... A24 is going to tag team with... Uh, what's there? The Whale, I guess. I'm trying to think if they have anything else of note. Well, they have the um, the Inspection. Okay. But I don't know about that one. The one that's in New York and Toronto. Good Seems, luck. Yeah. We'll see. That seems like definitely like third priority given, given the choice of those other two, but Top Gun's going to be the, like we made all the money movie. Yeah. I can see, I can see him doing it. Yeah. We shall see. Well, thank you as always. Yeah. And uh, have a good time. Likewise. Thank you. I will uh, let you know how it goes and uh, stay safe. I'm sure I'll be texting you the same way Sasha and everyone else is. Yeah. Have a good time, buddy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. <laughs>